So, very exciting day. Chris, I can tell you want to hear this. The reason it's so exciting is today, a lot of you know this, this is my second sermon preached. Now, here's the thing. It's, I can't even talk. It's the second, and they're two different ones, because I felt like, it, you know, you, you got to pray and try to be obedient to the Spirit. So that was really exciting. We got to go to uh, a friend church, I don't know what you want to call it, in a different city. We, were, we rolled in deep, about 20-some of us went and worshiped them. Really, really cool, really exciting. However, um, what happened was I did not sleep, because it got around till about 3 last, last yesterday morning, this morning, and I was like, what's the point? I had to drive an hour away. I know, Suze. I'm trying. Um, I, I, so I went there. So I'm, rolling, I'm running on that Jesus juice right now. I, I'm ready to roll. So if I uh, say something weird or do something weird, just chalk it up to that and not my normal behavior. <laughs> I saw you, Corey. I literally saw you. <clears throat> and that's why I say your name every week. So I am really excited. I'm so thankful, man. Being, being in other places has nothing to do with this. I was so, it was exciting to be there. God taught me a lot, showed me a lot. It's cool to worship with other groups of believers. But it's also really awesome um, to be home. And it makes me very thankful for you guys. Not because there's anything wrong with there, but it's just there's no place like home. You just love being home. And you guys are special people, so I'm, I'm just, I just want you to know that. I love you, appreciate you so much. And I'm excited to be here. So I want to talk today a little bit about time. Time is a funny thing, right? It is. It's a funny thing. Who here, raise your hand if you feel like time flies. Oh, look around. This is one of those. Raise it up again. Let's show everybody. Look around. Okay. Who feels like it's gotten faster as you get older? <laughs> That's our first one. All right. I'm leaving. That was it. Uh, listen, you know what? Guess what? You're going to love this. Science has actually studied that phenomenon. That it seems to get faster the older we get. Did you know that? Look it up. Neuroscientists, well, before I get to that, and they, and they say it's true to a degree, which is weird. So think about your school age years. Some of you are still there. It probably seems like it goes on and on. You're never getting out, right? Yeah, I get it. However, those of you that are out of school, right, whether college or high school, do you remember how the years in school felt so long at the time? That those years broken up by school days and holidays and semesters, they seem to last way longer than the rest of your life. I thought about that. I remember that the four years of my high school, even today in hindsight, seemed like 20. And now I'm going, how did another four years pass? It has to do, they say, with a few different things. One is, this little science lesson for you. Randy, you'll like this. It has to do with a few different things. One is they theorize that it has to do with the percentage of life. So, for instance, when you're 10, one year is one-tenth of your life. That's a lot longer. So, of course, your perception of time is a lot longer because you've only been around, you know, nine years. Now you're going into year 10. That's a long time, right? Versus when you're 30, it's one-thirtieth. So it continues to get less and less, and it speeds up. Makes sense? The fraction. It has to do with our perception. It also has to do with the fact that when we're younger, we're constantly learning new things. And apparently, believe it or not, when we learn and we're actually actively involved in learning, time, the perception of time seems to slow down because it takes us a while to grasp that, right? And as you get older, you're, you're neuro whatever, I'm not a scientist, right? They go faster and you don't learn as much. Guys, a lot of times we don't learn as much. We get comfortable and we stop learning. And so time just flies. They've also studied, you're like this. Who here has noticed that, man, your work week, the week before vacation takes forever, but vacation week is over like that, right? Raise your hand. Guess what they call that? 
the holiday paradox. That's a real thing. They call it the holiday paradox. And they they wrote a whole book about it. And essentially, it's the idea that when we're doing something enjoyable, life goes by faster. And when it's not, whether it's the drudgery of normal day-to-day or whether it's you're going through a tough time, pain, right, it seems to last longer. So time is a funny thing. I thought that was fascinating. I could get really deep, right? Time is just a construct that we make to measure life, right? I mean, it is. It can be almost overwhelming. I'm going to let you guys know, believe it or not, I'm an overthinker. I know it's going to shock you. And I can sometimes, I don't know about you, has anyone here almost got panicky when you've like, maybe this is weird. I've laid down in bed and all of a sudden I'll go, I'll recognize my age and go, oh my gosh. And I'll add it, I'll add the next like increment and go, oh my goodness, what have I done with my life, right? Panicky, because I'll start adding up years and then I'll do the percentages of life and I'll look up the average length of life and then I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it can feel like a countdown. Life can become a countdown. And it's this weird thing where we stop, we start worrying so much about time flying that we miss the moments we're in. The truth is, guys, life is short. Kids that are in here today, you're in here because you, you think you're, you're old enough to hear this. And I want to tell you this because I wouldn't have listened either, but it's the truth. It does go fast. That's why your parents and everyone tells you to make it count. They tell you, you know, for time, eternity, whatever, forever, people said, get good grades. You're probably like, wow, that's stupid. No, it matters, right? You don't realize till after, man, I wish I would have done that. It's uncontrollable. Life is short. It's uncontrollable and it's unpredictable. And we are such short-sighted creatures sometimes. Think about times pre-COVID. I know, back in the years ago, one year. Right? Pre-COVID, the times you drove by a high school, this hit me the other day, you drove by a high school sports field on a Friday night. Right? When you, and I know we're getting back to that. Still not the same though, is it? Crowds aren't as big, you don't hear it. The times you could see people smile at Walmart, because even if people not wearing masks, you ain't smiling because you're waiting for that person to go, why aren't you wearing a mask? Why don't you love people, right? And I'm not trying to be political, but that's a fact. There ain't nobody smiling. And if they are, you can't tell. Because they got a mask. And I'm not mocking it yet. I'm saying, no, I'm serious. There's, there's, there's use for that. But I'm, I, the, the fear behind it's a whole different thing. How many times during quarantine did you find yourself saying, man, I never knew how much I miss going to church? Some of you, oh, I'll remember that sweet day. When some of you that hated being here, I could roll in your eyes and having to come to church. And all of a sudden you're like, when are we having church again? You know who you are. You said, I miss going to the movie, to that party. How many times, but so often when those moments came, your friend says, you want to go to the movie? And you say, no, I'll catch it next time. You want to come hang out? No, I'll get you next time. Or you don't even answer the phone, right? I'm going to pretend I'm asleep. I know you guys. Come on now. Some of you really do sleep that much, but I'm so jealous. You say, next time I might go. We take for granted the moments of life. We assume things will always be there, will always be the same, that the same people, the same opportunities, the same moments will be there tomorrow. That's the assumption. You can't help it. Part of it's human experience. We take it for granted. It's the natural way of things to assume it will stay the same. 
Who feels stressed? Be real with it. Good. A lot of honest people. Most of you. Yeah. Who feels like there's so much to do and so little time to do it? That's the funny thing. It's not like we want to let time fly by. I don't believe you want that. I don't believe you. I don't believe that. Even those of you that are big, you don't want time to fly by. There's some people in this room, people I'm really close with. I don't know if they're in here today. I want to talk to them specifically because they are this person. That's not what they're doing. They have so many stressors. You have so many stressors. We have jobs and we have bills and we have finances and, and we have money issues. And that car went out and our kids are, you know, I'm worried about our kids and homework, my homework, their homework, uh, relationship worries, marriage struggles. I got to do this. How do I fit all it in? I need me time. I need you time. I need us time. How do we fit it all? Oh, man, if I can get that promotion, if we just work a little harder and focus a little more, if I grind a little more, then someday I won't have to grind as much, and then I can enjoy life. That's what some of you do. And let me tell you, that. listen, I get it. I'm a grinder. If we give, it's like we have this, this math equation. If we give X amount of time and energy now, because you, you have a good heart. You don't want to waste life. If I give enough time and energy now, even though it might be costing me moments and time, it's going to save us in the long run, and someday I'll be able to make it up by all the free time I'll have. It's a trap. But what if the long run never comes? I don't mean that in a morbid way. I really don't. That's not the point today. I'm going to flip it on you a second. My point's a little different. It's just reality. That is reality. What's the primary way that we measure time in our day-to-day lives? Get it? I'll give you a hint. It's in the question. Somebody say it. You talk all the time. A day. Thank you, Seuss. Bethany, you'll talk every other time. She's not, she's not, she's not in here, is she? I knew it. Yeah, a day. We do. Well, I don't measure my age by my day. I get it. But in normal life, we go days. We don't go minutes, seconds. We go days. Right? When did you go there? A couple days ago. When are you leaving? In a couple days. A few days. Several days. 24 hours. In all reality, life is made up of 24 hours. What? I'm serious. It's made of 24 hours, and then if you're lucky, you get another 24 hours. And then if you're lucky, you get another 24 hours. That's all that's promised is the moment you're in. That is, that's it. I have wasted, I'm going to use me because that makes you less upset. And it's true. I've wasted so many 24 hours. Guys, I'm serious. I have wasted so many 24 hours. Being focused on what I didn't have, focused on what I was missing, Focused on my mistakes, focused on the big question of, oh my goodness, what if I hadn't done this? What if I went left instead of right? On and on and on, right? As though somehow, if I punish myself enough, I can make up for the mistake that I made, right? That's a trap. And then I start thinking I've wasted time, and then I'm wasting time thinking about wasting time. I look back and I realize that I missed out on so much that I did have. I talk about this a lot. Here's a time in my life that I look back on I completely wasted. So, I don't even know now, six years ago, seven years ago, I, uh, I'm being, this is a serious moment. I, I terribly hurt my back. And it happened at the same time as my entire life fell apart. It's the weirdest story in the world. 
100% God was behind it. I hate that. I hate admitting that. I don't like it because that means he had a purpose for it. But it's what happened. It was horrible time in my life. So my professional, personal life's in shambles. And then on top of that, God allows, I don't think he did it, but allows the thing that I've thought I was confident in, right? I was an athlete. I worked hard. I did all this. And boom, it's gone. And, I, and you can say what you want. Listen, I was to the point. You can ask people that were there. They could raise their hand. I could not walk five steps without falling to the ground. I could not. I gained 60 pounds. Not because I ate, because I couldn't move. I have never in my life experienced pain like I experienced then. And I know some of you go through things way worse than this, but it was the worst pain I have ever, like physical pain probably that I've ever experienced. And it was nonstop. If you ever have that nerve pain that I'm talking about, you know what I mean. My point is not to whine about that, but my point is in the midst of that, I still took breath. I still got to read. I'm about to cry right now thinking about it. I had people that loved me that I loved. I had friends, and yet I wasted so much time crying out to God about what I didn't have. That seven months of my life, seven months I remember one time being alone because, I, I mean, I couldn't, guys, I could, I could go to the bathroom by hobbling, but I couldn't get food. I, I mean, I'm not, I just screaming at God. And I wasted time when I sit back and look on it, how many people would have traded place with me in a second that were, were breathing their last breath. I got the opportunity to learn so much and read so much and, and heal in more ways than one. Right? But I wasted seven months of my life. I took life for granted. I thought life was the things I didn't have. I'm going to say that again. I thought life was the things I didn't have. It was a trap. So much wasted time. A few months ago, I told you that the last words of, I can tell you who it is now because it's, it's common knowledge. David Cassidy. Who knows David Cassidy? Don't tell me you don't know. Some of you liked him. Right? Pat, is that the, is that the, was he in the, what was, what was his family? Or what was he? Was he in one of the Partridge family? Thank you. Um, also, didn't realize how successful that guy was after it. Hugely successful. He was on Broadway, did his, had like multi-platinum out. I, did, I never knew this, you know, before my time. But he died, and his last words were literally, so much wasted time. <laughs> well, he had it all. What did he waste? What is life? That's what I want to ask you today. What is life? What is 24 hours to you? You take out sleeping, if you're a healthy person, not me, right? If you take out sleeping, though, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I think my paranoia of wasting time prevents me from wanting to sleep, which is so messed up. But is it moments spent in worry about what could be? Is it moments spent grieving over what we can't change? Is it moments wasted in anger or resentment or silly fights? How many people, the last words they ever spoke to a family member was something of hate? 30 years later, it's over. I live there now. I've got a brother I haven't spoken to in three years. Literally not a word. I don't know if we'll ever talk again. I think about that sometimes. 24 hours. I remember the first time that that kind of blew my mind. Believe it or not, I was in a relationship. Uh, I was in college, 
and I was battling for my purity, right? Guys, girls, you know what that's all about. And I remember, I don't know if I read it. If I did, I, I don't mean to steal this or if it was something I came up with to help myself. I, I genuinely don't remember, so I'm not par- or whatever, plagiarizing. But I, came, I had this thought of like, let's stop worrying about being pure for a week, a month, six months. Let's go 24 hours. And let's stack up 24 hours at a time. It changed my entire life. Sometimes I've told, if you're in here and you're one of the guys I'm close with, typically I've probably told you that at some point. Hey, let's go 24 hours, right? 24 hours. Don't worry about tomorrow right now. Let's make it through the next 24. Before you know it, those 24s add up. It gave me, it gave me a new insight even on my battles. And here's the twist of what I want you guys to see. I don't want to talk about lost time today. I don't want to talk about the time. That's not my point to make you feel sad about that. In fact, that would do the opposite of what I'm saying. You want to talk about today? People are sad, and people are so angry, and people are so gray. Right? Some of you in this room. And your hurts are real. I'll get to that. Your stresses are real. Those are not fake things. But I want to argue that is that life? Is that the life Jesus promised in John 10.10? When he says, I have come to give life and to give it to the full. Right? The idea in the full is like it's a cup overflowing, right? You've heard this. Interesting, before that he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come to give you life. Is this life? Like my life is, eh. This is you. Get up, go to work, eat lunch, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed, get up, eat. Repeat. Now, here's the thing. I'm not here shaming you. I bet you that's not even a bad life. But is that the good life? You got that check coming in? Getting close to retirement, maybe. Or maybe you're the person like, man, I'm grinding. I'm getting it. I'm reaching it. That's good. I'm all about success. There ain't nothing wrong with being successful. And you do got to grind, right? I want to see if the guys know. Guys in the remnant house, what do I say you always got to do? You got to what? Take care of your business. Yeah. You got to take care of your business. You got to take care of your business. So, like, I'm all about taking care of your business. That's what I tell guys. But your business can't be life. I think we're made for more. I look around and I see even our church and I'm like, man, you're special people. But some of you, I think, have accepted a life that isn't really life. And that's why faith to you is kind of... Some of you in this room, you follow Jesus and God bless you because you are faithful, but you have given up on any semblance of life. It's service. It's monotonous. It's the have-tos. That's not what Jesus talked about. I don't believe that for a second. Everything he tells you to do is to lead you to life, not from it. I'm being a little philosophical. Well, Todd, I'm breathing. You are breathing. You are existing. But are you living? And I fear some of you, if you don't start living, you're going to look back and say, I missed out on life. Is this the full life Jesus promised? I want to talk about some scripture today. If you have your Bible, we'll talk about this. But I want you to think about everything. Keep everything in the terms of 24 hours. Can you do that? Kaylee, that sound good? 24 hours? 24 hours. 24 hours. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. The context is, you know, Jesus is giving one of his, his big sermons here, and he's explaining that, you know, we spend a lot of time contextually worrying. 
right? He says you worry. You're worried about whether you're going to eat, whether you're going to have your money. Or, I mean, well, we do. Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to sleep? Do you have clothes? By the way, that was their worries, and we're worried about whether we can get the new Xbox. You understand what I'm saying? That's the life we live. Back then, they're like, oh, man, I just want to wake up tomorrow and have a place to sleep. <laughs> and he said to them, listen, the birds don't worry about it. Right? The flowers don't worry about what they're going to wear. Look at them. I have, I know the very hairs on your head. Right? If your father takes care of them and he, you are valuable enough that he knows the hairs on your head, how valuable must we be? And we'll pick up there. Verse 33. He says, but seek first, because he's talking about worry. Now, you know, don't worry about it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. You ready? Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's a famous, everybody hears this. We, this is, we all say this to each other, but we don't do anything with it. Because worry, we tend to think, okay, God, I do it. I'm not worried. And, like, that makes it go away. <laughs> Just declaring it. I declare bankruptcy. Office fans, that doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't just say, I no longer worry. It's an active thing because worry's natural. you got to do something. It's, it's not natural to not worry. That's why God has to equip us to do it. Right? And he has. The point of this is not don't take care of your business. That's not what he's saying. Stop worrying about things you cannot control, which is tomorrow. You have zero control over the future. You can prep, plan. You can do whatever you want. We'll get to that in a second. He gives another parable. It doesn't matter. We have no control. The only thing you have control of is the moment in front of you. And it's a beautiful verse. It's not harsh. He's saying, listen, stop. I know tomorrow's got, listen, tomorrow's got worries. I get it. But don't worry about that. Let's deal with today. Because here's what happens. Jesus, each day, Jesus knows why I have worries that are a natural temptation. I told you that. But here's the question. Because it's not about not taking care of yourself at all. You ready? You ready for me to tell you what Jesus is saying here? When do you feel safe, Really? When is it enough? When are you secure enough? How much money? How much success? How much uh, kisses from your spouse before you feel secure? How, how much lovey-dovey? How many bodies? Whatever else it is. How much before you actually feel secure? My guess is you don't have an answer. You might have a number, but once you get there, oh, if I can just do the next thing, maybe I'll be safe. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying, listen. You're missing the point. You're focused on this, this, this. Ugh. That's all I can call it. Ugh. You know, Jesus had an eternal viewpoint. He's not mad that you have these words. He's saying, listen, stop. We can be preoccupied so much with making sure we have enough for tomorrow that we miss out on today. And you ready for this? This will help you a lot, you math nerds and all those kinds of people, science nerds, all those people, right? If we add tomorrow's worries to today, that's overwhelming. I'm just thinking about math, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a mathematician, but you get the point. If I've got a giant pile of rocks and I'm struggling enough to carry it, why would I worry about going over and carrying the other giant pile of rocks? That's what causes a mess. And then you start looking ahead and you go, oh, my good golly, there's 12 more. You're dropping rocks along the way. Everything's falling apart. You realize you can't keep up. Whatever those rocks are. 
And that prevents us from living in the 24 hours we have before us. This is deep today. It sounds simple, but it's deep. Stay with me because there's something here for all of us. Those folks that went with me this morning, they're struggling to stay awake. They told me that. Listen, me too. If I'm not allowed to fall asleep, you can't. You got it? You just had to sit there. I, I had to look happy. <laughs> got him. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, this is a big one. This one's a powerful one It goes into it. I know there's a lot of scripture here, but it's all got a point. And Jesus, is, his point is not to frighten us, but it's to wake us up to reality. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, starting in verse 16. He, he has someone come up to him before they say, hey, hey, teacher, tell my brother to give me my inheritance now. Long story. They're talking about money. And this is what Jesus said. Then he told them a parable. Imagine that. Hey, tell him. And he goes, let me tell you a story. You're like, well, that doesn't help me with my, my brother's money here. Right? He told him a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns. And build bigger ones and store all of my grain and my goods there. Listen, what I said earlier. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it will be with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Then he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear. Sound familiar? This is so good. I ignored this for years because I just read, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Now this parable is powerful. He's really talking about, the point of this parable even more so is the fact that, you know, we should be focused on the things of God, right? Love. What does God say is going to remain at the end? Anyone know? These three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. Those will be there forever. Your dollar bill, it won't be. Again, nothing wrong with success. Nothing wrong with being successful. Nothing wrong with grinding. It's the mindset. The guy wasn't foolish because he was successful. And he wasn't foolish because he was planning. He had let that become life. But that's not even my point today. I just had to make sure you understand the context of the parable. The last one is what I I just love this at 23. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Ready? For life is more than success. For life is more than money. For life is more than looking the part. For life is more than social status. For life is more than whatever else. For life is more than your sin. Life is more than your brokenness. Life is more. It doesn't say that those things aren't real, right? Those are real things. But they're not life. Listen, there's a lot of lessons in this parable. I could do a whole, you know, so theologians, I understand. I'm making a point. But the idea is still the same. Preoccupation with more is not life. And again, I feel like I have to say this because I never want anyone to feel guilty for being successful. There are people that will try to, it's weird. Christianity is weird. It's like both ways. It's like one, I'm going to make you rich if you, if you give me money. That's not okay. And then the other one's like, if you have money, you're evil. That's not good either. We need, we need believing rich people, right? We need them. They, they help the hobos like me. Uh, wealth, success, bigger, faster, more. It's not life. By the way, what do you what do you think is one of the biggest, really the root cause of the destruction of marriages? 
modern world. What am I missing out on? There's something more. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, your past. I'm not here to shame anyone, you know, things happen. But whichever side, there's always that concept of, man, I'm missing out on something better. And then we're on, you know, marriage nine. Where's better? For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. One of my favorite verses of all time. This verse got me through a lot. The time I was talking about. Romans 8.28, my favorite chapter probably without, other than the Gospels. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Those who are called according to his purpose. Todd, why would you read this in the context of time? That makes zero sense. Wrong, Krista, gotcha. I just assumed she'd be sarcastic, but she wasn't. She didn't, she didn't. She was very thoughtful. <laughs> we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. It blew my mind years ago when I realized that I started making excuses for God with this verse. Well, you know, he didn't really mean it. It's just, a, no. He's either a liar or he's not. And he told me, and he's telling you that if you believe in him, that he is going to work everything in your life out for your good. Amen. That's hard to see sometimes, isn't it? It is. I, you, I get it. It's hard to see that. But he is. Now, what's my point here? My point is, if we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, and you are in this room and say, I love God. I may not be perfect, but I know I love him, right? That's all, that's all that matters. Right? You turn away from your own life, love him. How could we not celebrate we ought to literally be the most party animal peoples in the world. We should be dancing all the time like David down the street. We should literally be that way. And by the way, I'm not that guy. I'm a little bit of Eeyore, so I'm talking to myself. We should literally be that excited, that ecstatic. How could we not let ourselves live? How could we not enjoy every 24 hours we're given when we realize that it doesn't matter what's coming, that God himself, the creator of the universe, the stars, the moon, the sun has said, I'm going to take care of everything, not just kind of, for your good. I'll say it again, for your good. That's not, that's not uh, hyperbole, that's fact. God knows, and some people are like, well, good is a translation of okay, and okay didn't really, that's to make an excuse. He meant what he said, good. He knew you would know what good meant. Good. How could we not let ourselves live? How could we let ourselves wonder those scary, and this is me, this is me, I confess it, those scary what ifs. That's when I know I'm playing God. Because I'm like, you know what, God? I don't say it to him, but I'm like, I'm going to figure out every move you could possibly make. And I'm going to prepare for all of them. And then, you know. <laughs> he doesn't always hurt you by breaking your leg. But that's my, my point is, there's always some path, some way, some move, right? Like we're on a chessboard, and I'm like, I got you this time, God. And he's like, check me. I didn't even move. I know. Right? And the cool thing is when he wins, I win. Because it's good. That's so hard, and I say it to you, and I don't want to be that guy who's like just telling you, woohoo, you know. I want, I, I, <laughs> that's what they do apparently. The bottom line is this listen, it's a fact. I can't, I'm not the guy that's gonna tell you that tomorrow you're gonna get $1,000 in your bank account and you're struggling with money. I can't promise you that. I can't. But I'll tell you from experience, when I, the seven months, I couldn't work, I didn't get no unemployment, okay? I didn't. My little nonprofit, I'll get a whole nother story. All right, Sue, so that's a whole nother story. 
right? They, they didn't take care of me. I didn't work for, I, everything, everything I did for the church, I didn't get paid, right? We didn't have no money, right? We just loving Jesus and people. And I still ate. I still had a roof over my head. I still watched TV. I read books. Now you tell me how that happened. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I, this is crazy to me when I think about it. Not one time in seven months did I go to sleep with a, with a hungry belly. And I want to sit here and complain that it wasn't for my good. Am I a better man today because of what happened to me? Yep. Do I like admitting that? Nope. Do I still think God could have found out a better way? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what he decided, and I believe him. I believe out of all the choices he had, that that one that hurt me that he let happen was the best. Isn't that crazy to think? It makes me want to cry, actually. Right? Isn't that crazy? Because who knows what the other options were? How far could it have gone? That's, that'll, that'll blow your mind. This is another cool verse. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he says, you know, he's talking about life. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And by the way, as a believer... Your life is not easier. It is harder, but it is better. He says this, Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. That's a powerful word. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction, I'm about to cry I'm thinking about someone, is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. I want to talk about somebody we both know, but I shouldn't. But I know somebody who is struggling with, I don't know how else to put it. They're dying. They are dying. They are not getting treatment anymore. They are dying. You know, they still send me encouraging things. That is mind-blowing. That is somebody that's not living in today. That is someone that's going to say, I don't know how much time I have left. Right, but I'm going to live. And that doesn't mean that this person's perfect because I think they could live a little more. But man, to even be able to smile, to be able to send me things, to be able to, to do kingdom work when it would be so easy, I'm going to be real, to sit in my room and say, why, God? And I'm sure they tell me they've had those days, and that's okay. You know why? Because they realize that their momentary light affliction that to us seems so heavy. Is <laughs> nothing compared to the incomparable eternal weight of glory that's waiting for them. Man. Whew. I, don't, I wish my friend Chris, he always had this corny saying, if that didn't get your wood on fire, it's wet or something. You guys remember what that was? I, I thought it was corny, but he, that would have been a time he would have said it. If it doesn't make you think, what are you... So life can't just be dictated by your circumstances. That, that can't be what it is to be a Christian, guys, because we know that our lives aren't perfect when we become believers. But yet, you know, Paul says that. Paul says, that, you know, at one point he lists all, like, listen, you want to go see a guy who had a rough life. Things did not get better for Paul when he said, you know what, I'm done murdering Christians. Jesus showed, I'm going to go out and just spread the good news to everyone, which, by the way, we should thank him because we are Gentiles. I don't think we have any Jewish people in here. But the, the reason we know about him is thankful to the, to the roots that Paul set, right? 
And yet he said, listen, I'm being all this, but what? You know what? I'm crushed, but not destroyed, right? Persecuted, I'm not cast out. All these things. Because he had, he understand that, that he still had joy. Man, you know how I know he had joy? It's not just because he told me. It's in his beginning and his ends of his letters. He's always going, my friends, I'm so excited to see you. I can't wait to get back to you. I can't wait to do this. Hey, let's make sure to help them. Hey, tell Bob I said hi. I'm going to stop by. It's not a Bob in there. But, right, tell them, tell them, I can't wait to see you. That's a guy who's living life. The struggles, I want you guys to understand something. That if you're a believer, you too have an incomparable eternal weight of glory. Ooh, I love words. That's so good. That's a good weight. I got glory waiting for me. So do you. If you are in Christ, you are a king or queen. <gasps> you are. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me you're a co-heir with Christ. Right? He's the king of kings. He's still a king, right? Queen, princes, princesses, daughters, sons of the most high king. We are ambassadors in this world waiting for our father to come home and fix what he started. And I tell you this as a, as a guy who, I, I don't know, guys, when, it's gonna, when I'm going to stop being Eeyore. I don't know at times. I don't. I don't know when I'm going to stop being a whiner, you know, to him. When I'm going to, like, stop worrying. I think I could come up with all these excuses, right? I was the oldest. I carried more weight than I needed to at a young age. You know, all those things. Uh, and there's probably some truth to that. But the bottom line is, I just don't trust him enough. Listen, I want you to know today that I'm not making light of your struggles, and I'm not making light of the things that blind you. I'm not making fun of you. I'm preaching to myself. But it is true. I'm going to give you a second to say, are you really, on a scale of 1 to 10, that you're living life, right? I'm living life. What are you? If you're anywhere, 5 or below, Six below, seven below, eight below. Honestly, why aren't we all ten? But man, I want to talk to those of you that if you're really honest, you're rolling there at like, you know, everything's okay. I think the gray area is scarier. The gray is what I call the five. Mm. Eh. The saddest picture in life to me, and I've told this, maybe this is the, the nerdy poet in me, but the saddest life to me is a life that is just eh. It's the guy, I've had this picture for years and years, 99, 120, doesn't matter, on his deathbed, looking back and saying, what did I do? I'm sure to a degree we do that, but there's people I know who literally, you know, Jack and I know a guy, I don't want to say his name, somebody close to him that we talk about, that's a heartbreaking life, isn't it? 50 years old now, no friends, no life. Nothing. And he's become okay with that. The struggles you're going through are real. They aren't a joke and they aren't weightless. That's important. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not weighty, you know. God knows this too. And he's patient and loving. He knows we need reminders. That's why he says the same thing over and over again. I just kind of told you, you know, all these verses sort of point to the same thing. We're hard-headed or forgetful. I like to think of it that way. you got to remind Jackson, right? I always use him because technically I'm his godfather, I guess, so I can say this. You know, you had to tell him the same thing 25 times, right? We became friends again, Peyton. I just had to be a dog again. We have to view it 
God knows this, but we have to view it in the viewpoint of eternity. This is so important. Please hear me. Please take your Christian. God, that's so easy. No, it's not. I'm, I get it. It takes an actual uh, effort. It takes effort to put yourself in that mindset, to appreciate what you are given. Because listen, again, if you would have told me when my back was hurt before that, okay, I'm just using that simple example, that I would have moments when I appreciated walking my dog, right? When I would have appreciated, uh, I don't mean it could be anything, uh, you know, I don't I mean, not standing. <laughs> but that's life, isn't it? Life is those things sometimes where we don't realize how much we love something until we don't have it. And I think what God's trying to get us to do is to love everything while we have it. To live life. Let yourself. Some of you, some of you feel guilty to live life. I've got to hurry. I'm not going to get to my list. God knows this, but we must have a view of eternity. You must remember the absolutely incomparable, eternal weight of glory. Ah. Oh. Such a wordsmith sentence right there. Absolutely incomparable, eternal weight of glory. That's like uh, Mary Poppins. Super confident. No? Okay. I want you to think about something in my point here, and I kind of gave it to you. Think about your life and the things that 10 years ago you seemed, it, it, it might have been five, two years, some of you are too young, a year, six months, doesn't matter, but some of you, five, ten years, a year ago, six months even, that you in that moment thought, I will never, I, I'll never be out of this. And here you are. I know some of your stories. Here you are. 30 years, right? I remember we just talked a couple weeks ago. 30 years. Now look. Think about that. I remember uh, in, in college, this, well, it was my last high school relationship, went into college, destroyed my life. Terrible, terrible thing. I, I did not have a good string of luck. Um, I was dating this girl, and we broke up, and my, my friend... I, I, well, first off, I literally said this sad, sad, pathetic thing. I was like, I'll never love again. <laughs> he looked, we were driving down the road one time. This is so mean. Should I tell you this story if it's funny? I don't, you don't know her name, so that's okay. So we're driving down the road. She was really mean, by the way. This, this completely justifies me telling you this story. So we're driving down the road, and uh, my best friend at the time, and he, he didn't say anything. He put up with me just like, he took me to a family vacation. I was so depressed. I literally remember being, we were tubing on a boat, and everyone was laughing, and I'm going. <laughs> you ready? This is how embarrassing. I had my mom at 19 come up to Michigan and take me home because I was too sad. <laughs> anyway, we're driving down the road, and I said, I'll never love again. I'll never get anyone as attractive as her. And he goes, shut up. Todd, shut up. She was ugly. I'm tired of hearing it. You're never... You, she is not you. She's not the most beautiful girl in the world. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to be nice to you. <laughs> I think he's being a little harsh, but I got his point right. <laughs> and it's true. I was living out of a reality that wasn't reality, and it was stopping me. I literally look back to that. If he's ever watching this, I guarantee they still laugh about this at family. I mean, I just imagine a man having his mom just come up. <laughs> I know, Andy, I don't know why I told this story either. And take me home, right? <laughs> but I did. Because my, I definitely wasn't focused on the internal then. 
So, you guys ready for this? I want you to stop thinking about life in the terms of next week, next year. I know it's hard. Okay? And I'm not saying your business. Some of you got to. I'm, it's okay to use your planners, ladies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> However, don't let it be your God. Right? Don't let it rob today. And here's the thing. Start trying. You're saying, I don't know if I can live life fully. I got too much going on. Okay. Here's the challenge. Can you live 24 hours fully alive? I challenge you to live 24 hours fully alive. What does that mean? Right? You want to know. Blake, am I right? You want to know what does that mean? What does fully alive mean? I'm going to tell you. I'll give you three keys to living a 24-hour life. Isn't that cool? I'm getting better at these lists. It's really simple, though. Number one, laugh. I'm serious. Some of you don't even let yourselves laugh. Because life's too heavy. You almost feel guilty laughing. Like if I laugh, something bad's going to happen, so there's no point in laughing. I do that. What's the point of getting happy? As soon as I do, God's going to take it, right? I'm not supposed to tell you that. I'm a pastor. But yeah, I do that sometimes. Laugh. Let yourself laugh. Be silly. Be goofy. Who cares what anyone's thinking? Do you laugh and have fun and make jokes and, and, and make time for that? Let yourself stay up later than you should, all right? Let yourself get up earlier than you should. I'm not saying do what I do, okay? I'm serious. That is not healthy. But I'm serious. Those are the moments that make up life. Laugh. Some of you need to just stink and laugh. You know, some of you don't know this. I actually have made a a, a thing of mine where I try to get you to just, just laugh a second, right? Smile a little bit, right? Yeah, one of you knows it already. Look at her. Yeah, I do. Bet you didn't know that. You have nice smiles. You should laugh. Number two, love. You know, I shouldn't have to tell you this, but God said it. Love. That's good. Guys, I know that's why. Well, you know, I like him okay. I ain't loving him. That's what my grandpa used to say. He never say you love. You know, I love you, Papa. I like you okay. That's li- <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's what he said. My entire life. But that was love for him. I knew it was love. He, you know, give me a box of zebra cakes. <laughs> Which I didn't need. Um, but love, right? I'm serious. Love. Take time to love people. Take time to, to do that thing. Take time to take that phone call when you're, you're lying to yourself that what? That you're having to get up early means that it's irresponsible to answer the phone for your friend that's hurting. Pick up the phone. Go see them. Meet them for coffee. Oh, it's too late. I won't be able to sleep and then I won't go to work. Ah, worry. Go meet them. Right? Go have a good time with them. Go love people. Go do that crazy thing. Go buy someone. Well, they'll think I'm stupid. Who cares? Give the flower to the elderly lady who's alone. Shovel the driveway. I don't care what it is. Love people. Live. Husbands, my friends, my brothers, love her. Love her before you look back and you say, why didn't I love her? Love her. Ladies, Oh, you thought you were getting away, didn't you? (laughs) Love him, and it's going to look different sometimes. See him and love him. Do the things that he acts like he doesn't like, because he does. I promise he does. I don't like, what, just a little love note? Yeah, and then as soon as you leave, he's like, (laughs) 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 right? (laughs) Yeah. He does care. Do it. And even if he doesn't, so what? It's your life. Live. Don't kill part of yourself because someone else tells you it's silly. And number three, this is funny, 
living a 24-hour life is live. What do I mean by that? Do all the things. What do you mean? All of them, Josh. Do them all. The good things. Don't do the bad things. (laughs) Clearly, we're talking about Jesus trumps the bad things. But other than that, all right, sin, throw sin out. Other than sin, do it. Do all those things. You want to jump out of a plane, jump out of a plane. That's not my thing. (laughs) All right? Learn to golf. I don't know, man. I mean, write that book. Uh, go st- stay up late with a bunch of idiots at a church on a 2.30 when you got to get up the next morning and, w- and pretend you're going to watch a movie with them and then don't do it. Right, Ernie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do those things. Do them. Play the music. Do the rap. Stay up late. Uh, take the day off. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> PTO. That's why you got it. When you don't take it, they're, they're just taking your money. Take your time. I'm serious. I don't care. You think? Listen, I'll, if you're a business owner and you give me PTO, you better. Yeah, yeah, yes. Don't even like. Don't tell me like it's like when I come and ask you. That's just a formality. Like I'm taking it. You understand what I'm saying? Take the time, because I got into that too. I'll be honest with you. Like I don't know. I even do it here, right? Not the times with you guys, not this stuff, the other stuff. There's always something to do here. I'm a work, I can be a workaholic. I know it doesn't seem that way because I act so ridiculous, but if you know me, I can. Do the things. Do them all. Write the book. Write the book. There's some of you in this room that's like, well, some, no, write the book. Well, no one will get it. Quit worrying about it. Turn the book in that you got written. You know who you are. <laughs> You got an entire novel written. Well, I got to edit it. You ain't never going to be done editing. That's what editors are for. Turn the book in. I don't know, man, do it. Sing karaoke and, and invite friends over and go out for those coffee dates and, and call your friend up. Well, they haven't called me in two weeks. Who cares? Call them. Do all the things. Stop being afraid of your spouse. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it. Uh, some of you in this room, quit worrying. If they, if they are that upset, if you're a member, if your spouse is mad at you, now listen, I'm not, <laughs> do not justify this and never go home or anything. But if you're the type that's like, well, I can't even walk out to the, you know, the laundromat. I don't, why did I say that? The mailbox. <laughs> the mailbox. That's where I have fun. I go to the laundry. mailbox, right? And I'm talking, believe it or not, girls, I'm not actually talking to you because I'm going to be honest with you. I had a guy tell me the other day the most powerful thing. I wrote notes. I'm not going to say who it is. He said to me, you know, sometimes, Todd, I don't understand. He goes, I feel like the ladies can go have an entire day, a women's day. But, if you know, if the men want to have a lion heart, it's got to be at 11 p.m. because otherwise they're mad. Yeah. Live the life. Live it. Don't exist. Make, if you're going to note taker, you want to take something with it, this is all I'm going to leave you with. Make it count. Please make it count. We are so blessed to take a breath. We are so breath, uh, blessed to take a breath. Make each 24 hours count. So you're going to come play some music. I know we ran late today. I'm not supposed to apologize. I'm not going to. I don't even care. We're going to go all day long. Uh, <laughs> I got yelled at for that, so thank you. A good sister told me to stop doing that, so I'm going to stop. 24 hours. Can you do it? I'm challenging you to live for 24 hours. Well, I've got too much to do. Oh, you failed. Live for 24 hours. Some of my dear friends, dear, dear friends, maybe they're in the front row, maybe in the second row. I don't know. Front row. Second row. Let yourself live. 
That stuff will be there. Yeah, take care of your business. You know what I'm saying. You're too smart. I don't need to say it. Live for 24 hours at a time. How have your last 24 hours been? Do you even know what you did? If you're in high school, you know, sometimes you guys probably think I'm not talking to you, but I promise you that some of the best times of my life were in school. You can shake your head. I know. I did too. And then it's over and you're going. If you knew tomorrow was your last 24, how would you live? Would it be different than the past 24? And if it would, why? Why does it take tragedy to make us want to live? Sometimes that scares me. Would you worry about the things you're worried about if you knew that tomorrow you may not wake up? Some of them you would, right? You want my loved ones, all that. That's good stuff. But that bill, how am I going to make the money? You always do. Give yourself credit. You always make it. Would you laugh more? Would you care less about that stupid mistake you made five years ago, ten years ago, seven years ago, yesterday? Would you laugh more? Would you love more? Would you hug more? Would you kiss more? Would you dance more? Would you live more? Does your life show life? Sometimes mine doesn't. I have moments of it. not, if you can't say that your life shows life, can you make the next 24, just the next 24, put in your calendar, make the next 24 full of life? I bet you can. I don't know what it looks like for you. Some of you, you know, looks different than mine. God has blessed us so much breath today. Even if you're in this room and you don't believe in him, it don't matter. He believes in you enough to give you breath. <laughs> Man, he must love you. Because you sit there and look at him and be like, you don't exist. And he's like, okay. Here's some more milk. <laughs> and those of us that are saved, that have put our faith in Christ, you've accepted the greatest gift in the world, that you're never going to die. I'm not kidding. What? You are not going to die. Yeah, you're gonna, your, your earthly form is going to get old if you're lucky and wrinkled and weaker. And eventually it'll stop breathing. And then you just go live the rest of life. Eternity. If you're not in this room today and you... Jesus Christ, here's the thing, and you already know it. That's why life feels so empty, because you keep rushing. You're trying to get it. Ah, why am I not happy? I have everything I've ever wanted. It's because you don't have the thing you need. I'm not going to complicate the gospel for you. It's really simple. God made everything perfect, and he put us in it, and he said, you can enjoy it. Live life. Just let me be the one to tell you what right and wrong is. And... 
We didn't want to do that. We decided we'd rather be God. And so thousands of years of human existence shows us what happens when your version of right clashes with someone else's version of right, and there is no actual standard of right, and they explode, and now we got rioting and people getting killed over stupid things that make no sense. You understand what I'm saying? That's That's anybody. You're not God. You're not even good at it. And so God said, okay, here, I'm, i got to prove to you that you're not good at it. I'm, just do ten things. Be a good person. Do ten things. We can't do that. If you do these ten, you'll be close. No, we can't do it. God did that to make a point. The point is we can't do it ourselves. And we are separated from God for eternity. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm a good person. You're not good enough. When the standard is perfection, right? When the standard's 100%, 99 isn't going to cut it. I'm sorry. There's no curve here. But here's the beauty of how much God loves you. That sounds pretty harsh. It is harsh. But God's love is showing him what he does with that. In the midst of our sin and our brokenness and our mistakes and our death, you know, the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. Sin is what? When every time we've disobeyed God, turned away, done our own thing, we have already got a death sentence. And God came down in the form of Jesus of Nazareth existed. Fact. Who was he? He is a liar. You've heard me say, I didn't coin it. I wish I did. C.S. Lewis. Liar, lunatic, or the son of God. That's only options he gives you. Well, I think he was a cool dude. Okay. He didn't say, I'm a cool dude. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one would come through the Father except through me. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so what happened is he told us how to live. He told us what life's supposed to look like. And then he did something incredible. He equipped us to do it. He took our punishment on the cross. He died on the cross. He took all of our bad deeds, all of our punishment, all of our death, and gave him the benefits of our perfect life. And he rose from the dead on the third day. That sounds crazy. doesn't matter. It happened. Over 500 people saw him. There are, there are, uh, there's evidence from Jewish writers who saw that day that there was an earthquake, that the sun was eclipsed, that people said they saw Jesus, people that have no reason to lie. It's a fact. You don't hear about it in the school systems for a reason. In the Bible, so how do I have this? How do I have eternal life? Really simple. Romans says it, chapter 10. If you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. You don't have to have everything fixed up. You don't have everything cured, taken care of. He'll do the rest. You've got to admit that and turn away from your life. You can do it today. We have this short time. I know we've gone a little longer than normal, but this time's called altar time. It's time for you and God. Maybe you need to think about life, or maybe you don't really have life. There's going to be people up here that will pray for you. That sounds weird and hokey. I get it. But nobody's paying attention to you because they're focused on God. If you need prayer, if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus... You don't know how to do it. You don't need them. But come up here. Don't walk out today a dead person when you can walk out alive. And if you do know Jesus, you just haven't been living life, take a second. Think about what it means to live life for the next 24 hours. Whatever you do, don't, don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you choose.